الله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وهل اتاك نبا الخصم اذ تصور المحراب اذ دخلوا على داوود ففزع منهم قالوا لا تخف خصمان بغى بعضنا على بعض فاحكم بيننا بالحق فاحكم بيننا بالحق ولا تشطط واهدنا الى سواء الصراط صدق الله العظيم the discussion regarding daud ali salatu wassalam your comments yesterday allah taala had given him various mu'jizat the mountains were also made subservient to him when he would engage in the zikr of allah taala the mountains too would audibly engage in the zikr of allah taala with him and likewise he would recite the zabur allah taala addressed him with an extremely melodious voice the mountains likewise the birds would assemble above hovering in the air and listen to the recitation of the zabur the mountains would join him in this then further allah taala says wa shaddadna mulkahu wa atinahu al hikmata wa fasta al khitab that we granted him we strengthened his kingdom we granted him wisdom and decisive speech one meaning of this is that he was very eloquent and together with that he had a very strong ability of giving very strong judgment in matters in issues that come up so all these were the mu'jizat and the miracles allah taala had blessed us daud alayhi salatu wasalam with further allah taala mentions an incident that took place with daud alayhi salatu wasalam that wahal ataka nabaul khasm that did the aspect of the litigants come to you the news of the litigants litigants meaning those who had come for litigation two people had come to ask for some kind of decision in a case so litigants are those who have come the claimants and the defendants so latala says that these people came to ask for some judgment but how did they come is tasawwarul mihrab and they climbed the wall and entered his sanctuary of ibadat so daud alayhi salatu wasalam as mentioned yesterday there were times that were allocated for different people in his home that all the time somebody or the other would be engaged in ibadat and one portion of the time for one third of the night he would be engaged in ibadat as well likewise in the day there was always somebody in ibadat so one day while he was in his mihrab this private sanctuary meaning a room or whatever space it was where he would seclude himself and engage in ibadat suddenly two people climbed over the wall and came in so they had probably come to try and ask for permission to come through the normal procedure but whoever was appointed to take care of that nobody should come and disturb daud alayhi salatu wasalam in this time because he is engaged in his ibadat so they refused them permission so suddenly these people found another route and they climbed over the wall and entered so obviously this was already one major problem one major issue that they came in this kind of manner climbed over the wall and came 
So when they came in, obviously this was a thing that Dawud was perturbed about. Is dakhalu ala Dawud minhum? That normally somebody who has some evil intention, some bad motive, they would enter a place in this manner. Somebody wants to attack some person, he wants to steal something, then he would come in this manner. This is not permissible for somebody to enter through somebody's house in this manner. So as a result, the natural human fear, Dawud became perturbed, a little afraid, that what is this, why are these people coming in this manner? So they replied and said, Qalu la Don't be afraid. We are two litigants and one has committed some oppression on the other. So you now judge between us. Who is the oppressor and who is the oppressed? Who is right in his claim or who is wrong? And further now, they are addressing Dawud salam, he is a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, they have come in this wrong way, and further they are saying, that فَحْكُمْ بَيْنَنَا بِالْحَقِّ They are now talking to him in a very abrupt manner, and are advising him, that you decide between us, with haq and the truth, and wala tushtit, and don't commit any injustice, and you tell us what is the correct part in this. Now, this was obviously a very unusual situation. But in any case, Dawud tolerated this manner of their speaking and he didn't now get into the issue that what right did you have to now come in this manner at this time? You entered in this way which you were not allowed to enter. You came in this time when this was a private time. This is not the time for listening to cases. That time is fixed. You should have come in that time. He tolerated all of this and he listened. This is the Anbiya that their hearts were very big and they accommodated many things despite their personal difficulty. But they accommodated as far as, as long as it didn't cross the line of deen and shariat, then if it was their personal situation, they accommodated it. So, this is a lesson for us as well, that as far as possible, that a person tries to have a big heart. Especially in the work of deen, this is something that a person has to have, not just a big heart as somebody explained it, he has to have a big stomach, not physically, but in the sense that he'll have to digest a lot. All kinds of things, all kinds of comments, all kinds of people's issues, he just have to digest it and carry on. He cannot take issue with everything. Otherwise, he will not get anywhere in doing anything constructive or being able to serve the deen of Allah Ta'ala in a proper way. He will have to be able to digest many things and carry on with life. So, now that they came, so he listened to them. So, they presented the case now. So, one of them said, that in the akhi lahu tis'u wa tis'una na'jatu wa liya na'jatu wahida. Faqala akfil niha wa azzani fil khitab. The crux of this is, one of them said that this is my brother, whether it was his Muslim brother or his biological brother. He said that he has 99 sheep. And I have one only. So now he has been pressurizing me that I must give him this one. 
whether it was give it to him in the sense that give it to him for nothing, or whether it was that you must sell it to me, or whatever, but he was now putting severe pressure on him. He says, وَأَزَّنِي فِي الْخِطَابِ He has been very forceful upon me. I must now just part with this and give it to him. So now this was the zulm that he now explained that I am being put under this duress and in this situation, what is the correct thing now? Who's wrong and who's right? So Dawud would have heard both sides of the story. The Quran Sharif doesn't go into every detail, but it goes into the relevant aspects. Like Yusuf Alayhi incident, the Quran Sharif, the whole surah contains its incident. <coughs> but there are the relevant aspects there. There will be something mentioned about that he was thrown in the well, then he was brought out, and the next thing, the whole incident is gone to Egypt, and then he is in the prison, and then he is already on the throne of Egypt. All the relevant details are mentioned. All the other extra aspects which are not relevant for the Ibrad, that is not discussed. So likewise here, though only one person's uh, discussion is mentioned here, one person's uh, case is presented here, but Dawud would have heard both sides of the story, and then he now gave the conclusion, قَالَ لَقَدْ ظَلَمَكَ بِسُؤَالِ نَعْجَتِكَ إِلَى نِعَادِ Dawud mentioned to him, that look, your brother obviously has oppressed you, by pressurizing you, by putting you under duress, that you must part with this one animal that you have, he has 99, and he is still wanting you to part with this one and give it to him, this is something which is obviously wrong, so he made that clear. Then, as a general advice, he mentioned some things further, and he said, وَإِنَّ كَثِيرًا مِّنَ الْخُلَطَاءِ لَيَبْغِي بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَىٰ بَعْضُ That indeed, many partners, whether there was some kind of partnership here in this case or not, but on a general note, he mentioned that when there is a partnership, then very often, وَإِنَّ كَثِيرًا مِّنَ الْخُلَطَاءِ That very often, partners oppress, somebody oppresses the other. Somebody crosses the line, and he does something which is not in order, and he puts some kind of pressure on the next person, or he does something which is not, he is not entitled to. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Allah says, the only people who are excluded from this, who don't commit this oppression, don't commit this zulm, don't cross the line, don't do things that they are not entitled to, they are those إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا who firmly believe in Allah Ta'ala, and together with that, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ They have righteous actions in their lives. In other words, in faith also, they are obedient to Allah Ta'ala. In practice also, they are obedient to Allah Ta'ala. So they have the fear of Allah Ta'ala in their hearts. Then they are the ones who do not commit this oppression, or do not cross the line. And together with that, Allah Ta'ala says, وَقَلِيلٌ مَّاهُمْ وَقَلِيلٌ مَّاهُمْ Such people are few. Such people a few. So, before going on further, up to this point is the discussion regarding this dispute that these people brought. They came in this unusual manner and then they presented this dispute 
and then this judgment of Dawud The one aspect here is that this dispute, Allah Ta'ala says one person had this 99 sheep, the other had one, he's got 99, but he's insisting now the other person was part of that one. This is, in Urdu it is uh, expressed as Nanamwe Ka Chakkar. Nanamwe Ka Chakkar, what this is, that a person, he is always in the, this Chakkar means he is in this chase to always try and make 99 into 100. One person was very, very, very wealthy person, a lot of turmoil, a lot of worries and tension and pressure. So now he just cannot get any peace, any sleep. But now he's got everything that the dunya can offer, but he is lacking in this peace and this. So one day while he was just sitting somewhere and again in the same turmoil in his mind with his advisors and whatever, and he sees one person, poor person, walking peacefully, content, merrily walking. So he became very sort of surprised at this. I've got everything and I'm in this turmoil. This is a person without anything. But how can he be so peaceful? How can he be so happy and content and merry? So one of the people who were his advisors sitting with him, his wazir, he said to him, I'll show you what the problem is. So he, that day went along, followed this person and he gave him one small little bag and he told him this for you. In any case, this person came home, so he opened it and he started counting what's in here. There was now money in their coins. So he started counting 1, 2, 3, 50, 70, 80, counted 99. If somebody wanted to give something, he could have given 100, give 99. So in any case, on the one hand now, he is happy he's got something, but now he's thinking it's 99. So if it was 100, it would have been better. In any case, now I can't ask the person for 100. Now how to make this 99 into 100? Now he's thinking of ways and means. So now he started walking around looking, who should he talk to? I have this 99. I need to now make one more. But now each time he's looking at somebody, he's worried this person, maybe he might come to know I've got 99, he might want to rob me. Then this person, he might maybe... He might accept to do the deal with me or something, but he might deceive me in the process. And now he's walking bewildered up and down and he walks past this person again. He says, but yesterday he was walking so merrily. What happened to him today? He said, he's also in the same 99 chakra. He's also now trying to make 99 into 100. This is probably a parable, meaning that when a person gets into the chase of dunya, then there isn't a line, there isn't any limit. Now, how to keep, now, if today, if he set his limit that my target is I must make a million, maybe tomorrow, the day after, next month, somewhere down the line, he'll come close to that already. But before he's already reached it, when he sees it coming, he's already almost there, he already has raised the bar. Look, that was the target, but now it's inflation also. So, you can't be living on last year's target, otherwise then... Tomorrow everything will be over. So now the target has become 2 million now. 
And now when he's getting there, so now everything has now, it's another situation altogether, so now he raises it by 10 million. So this is what Nabi Salaam has mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, that li ibni min zahab, that if this insan had an entire valley of gold, then he will still be desiring another valley of gold. That valley of gold, he can't finish in his lifetime. His children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, generations won't be able to finish it. But he won't be content on it. And he will then destroy his life trying to find the second valley of gold. Nothing will fill his belly. His belly here referring to this greed. This desire forevermore of dunya. Nothing will fill it except the sand of the grave. That now when he's buried in the grave, now it's obviously ending. Now there's, there's, It's an end. There is no more chance of chasing behind the dunya anymore. But all the dunya that he chased behind also got left behind. The dunya that he chased behind didn't follow him into the cover. But Nabi Islam says, وَيَتُوبُ اللَّهُ عَلَى مَنْ Allah Ta'ala forgives the one who turns in repentance to him and the person who has repented from this greed of dunya, Allah Ta'ala then fills his heart with that peace also. So a person makes a moderate effort as we discussed one of the t- discussions in his, the times in a manner that doesn't affect his deen in any way, doesn't affect his, the tarbiyat and the correct nurturing of his family or giving them their sufficient adequate time, taking care of all the rights of people, his family, his parents, whatever might be the issues that he is responsible for. And in normal, reasonable times, he is making a moderate effort. Then whatever Allah Ta'ala has decreed for him, that will come. That cannot go to anybody else. And if he wants to take it in double the time, then he will get it in double the time. But he wants to give it time that is reasonable, that doesn't affect his deen in any way. It allows him to comfortably take care of his deeny obligations. Not that he, now in a haste, he's fulfilling his salah and just trying to get it done with so he can be back into that dunya again. He is giving the good time, as they say quality time, quality time to his ibadat. He's giving quality time to his family also. And then in moderation he's making an effort to earn his living as well. Allah Ta'ala will put barakat in that time and that time whatever he was supposed to earn, Allah Ta'ala will grant it to him. So the thing is that to have this yaqeen that what is fixed for me must come, it cannot go anywhere. I need to make my adjustments in a way that all the requirements of deen, the obligations of deen and the responsibilities to my family and people around me are all fulfilled correctly without just being doing it in a haphazard manner and then whatever is meant to come will come. It cannot go anywhere. So this is the one aspect about that this chasing after this dunya then it brings about all these kind of situations. One is it ruins a person's peace it will put him in this chakkar. The other thing is, that then as time goes, if this grows further, if this greed for dunya grows further, now he's trying to make that 99 into 100, 
and if it doesn't seem to be happening the right way, then he will try to make it happen in any way. If it's not happening in the correct way, then even if it happens in the incorrect way, that will become his motto now. As long as it comes, how it comes, don't worry about it. Whether it comes by some kind of fraud, some deception, some kind of theft, whether it comes in any way, it must come. I must meet my target. So now, as a result, he starts getting involved in zulm, he gets involved in trampling the rights of others in some way or the other, he starts hurting others in the process, then he starts losing his akhlaq, because that target has to be met at any cost. So if he has to swear to make the target, then swear to make it. And then you see, that's how the business works. That, not just a, an example, these are real statements. One person came to complain, and he says, but how do I deal with this? Khair, it might become too specific, but he talking about now his own immediate people, that now I have been brought into this family business, and I got shocked, how does this work? That uh, in order to get the orders done, get things done in time, and dispatch things, and whatever else, so there's a whole lot of drama that's taking place the whole day. And that drama involves a lot of flowery language. So, it says, when I try to ask somebody that, but why this? He says, it doesn't work any other way. Now, some staff is getting sworn at, and some supplier is getting sworn at, and some customer too is getting sworn at, and anyone and everyone. He says, but why is this? This is not allowed. He says, no, it doesn't work any other way. Why it doesn't work any other way? Because we've decided that that target must be met the right way or the wrong way. So the target has become the object of life. It's not anymore earning a halal living. It's meeting a target. A person who's concerned about earning a halal living, then he will be concerned about earning it in the halal manner. And earning it in a way that will please Allah Ta'ala. That will be his primary objective. So this is the one aspect that we should be very conscious about. And this is not something that is confined to a person who is in big business, for example. This is a person who is trying to earn his living in a very simple manner. Somebody who is in some kind of job, some profession, some business. This is something that affects everybody across the board. person sometimes might be having a lot of wealth and be without the love of dunya. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with, he has, but it's not in his heart, it's in his hands. And sometimes a person can be having, not even having two coins to rub against one another, but the love of dunya is filled in the heart. And there's all kinds of aspirations of dunya, whether it comes in the right way or wrong way. So it's not the issue of what is in the hands, provided it has come in a halal way, but that there shouldn't be this love of dunya in the heart. Then a person makes a moderate effort, whatever Allah will, he will receive, and he earns it in a halal way, and he uses it in a halal way, this will become a means of good for him also, become a good means of good for others as well. So, this aspect comes in, in this, this lesson comes from here, that we should not get caught up in this chakkar of this 99. Then the other aspect here is, that this was a matter of a dispute. These two parties, there was a dispute between them. Now this brings about the whole subject of disputes. And in 
this time and age, there is perhaps some situation that is without dispute. There are disputes in families, disputes between spouses, disputes between parents and children, disputes between extended family people, disputes in the business world, and from top to bottom, left to right, there's only disputes. And a very sensitive subject also. Once many, many years ago, I can recall, it was probably maybe even more than 25 years ago, had been discussing various topics in his majalis and he then started going into the detail about the disputes in, in the in-law situation, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law situations and so on. So, some people started disputing about this discussion also. That is this discussion to be brought into the open in this manner? Probably, well, they had a problem with it. So, even the discussion about the disputes, some people had a dispute with that also. So, therefore, this also is an issue that when one starts discussing about disputes, maybe that too might become a point of dispute. But in any case, disputes can be sometimes, and often are, unfortunately, very unfortunately, very complicated. There are many, many angles to it. There isn't one simple issue at hand that a person can be told this is what causes a dispute and this is a solution. Because disputes happen due to many, many different issues, due to many different reasons and sometimes there are such complicated issues, there isn't any straight, clear-cut discussion in this regard that this is what causes a dispute and this is a solution. Everything has to be dealt with according to its merits. But despite that, and acknowledging that sometimes there are very complicated situations, there are certain things that we can bear in mind, at least for ourselves. Sometimes somebody else might not bear that in mind, it might still drag us into a dispute, but at least we bear these things in mind, and hopefully it will save us from becoming the means of a dispute. So this is what is very important for us, though this is no guarantee that if we start adopting this, we'll never get caught up in a dispute because if the next party doesn't adopt those principles, then we are interacting with others, we are also sometimes making mistakes, others make mistakes. So inshallah these are some of the aspects that we will discuss inshallah tomorrow, that what are the things that lead to disputes and how to try and save ourselves from getting caught up in disputes. Allah ta'ala give us the topic. Subhanallah.